A little over a year ago, you probably didn't think about the way germs spread in a grocery store. But now, we're all amateur epidemiologists. The pandemic has made public health more visible than ever before. But it's always been there in the background. It touches all aspects of our lives, from how we design our cities to what we feed our kids. For National Public Health Week, Brown University's School of Public Health is offering you a glimpse into everything that public health means and all that it can do. Welcome to Humans in Public Health. I'm Megan Hall. Today, race and genetics. Your race has nothing to do with your biology, but that hasn't stopped researchers from making faulty connections between the two. Brown School of Public Health's assistant professor of biostatistics, Lauren Crawford, is working with a team of scholars to untangle the more complicated relationship between our genes, our environment, and who we are. He spends most of his days working with really, really big sets of data. Think about this like a huge data matrix of like 500,000 rows, a million columns. In those huge data sets are genetic details about hundreds of thousands of people, along with lots of other information. You have the simple traits like height and body mass index, but you also have things like people have type 1 diabetes. You have, you have like things like schizophrenia is another big one in, the, in these data sets. You also have spatial information about these people, where they live, maybe things like zip code, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's all kinds of information. Lauren's research group creates statistical methods to analyze all of these data. The goal is to figure out how all of these pieces relate to each other and eventually how they might inform personalized medicine. You can think about that as understanding how certain point mutations are related to the variation you might see of height or BMI across groups of people, or the role of genetics interacting with environment, so how different mutations interact or play with your surroundings. And so then we think about how that genetic architecture might change for certain traits, height, BMI, across different groups of people. So people of different ancestry, people in different uh, locations around the world, and so on and so forth. Notice that Lauren's group looks at ancestry, where a person is from, like Kenya or India, not race, like whether someone identifies as white or black. But those two different terms are sometimes used interchangeably. What's the difference between race as a construct and ancestry? And why do people mix those things up? Yeah, I think think it's because it's easy to mix them up and it's just simple to put it all in a box. Lauren says statisticians like him are focused on building mathematical models and analyzing data. They don't come from a discipline like anthropology, where terms like ancestry, race, and ethnicity have clear definitions with their own baggage. It's language that, you know, you're just using, but you're not really thinking about this, like, massive history all behind any of this stuff, unless you're you're faced with this all the time. Lauren says he's come to think more critically about how he uses these words, thanks to conversations he's had with colleagues in other disciplines. And more and more, he's wondering if ancestry data is always all that useful. In every study, a person self-reports what their ancestry is or their background is. And so you'll have some information about these people are of African ancestry, so on and so forth. It's self-reported. So you kind of think about, you know, these groupings may not really have any biological meaning to them when we're really studying them. So one thing people have been pushing me on is thinking about groupings in languages and groupings that actually mean something about biology. Lauren says in some cases, when he's examining connections between someone's genetics and where they're from, it's their environment, not their biology, that plays a bigger role. For instance, Lauren is skeptical of any study that tries to find a link between someone's genetic makeup and their levels of educational attainment. 
there's probably a huge environmental component that is spatial and temporal. Because if you think about, you know, your environment's always changing and your social interactions are also always changing. And so trying to think about these a little bit more carefully as we build models. Um, I like to say this idea of complex data this is a very complex problem. Uh, complex data need complex methods. In this data set that you have, of all this different information, you're trying to make connections between genetics and, you know, the expression of certain diseases. Is it even useful to have that person's race in your data set? That's a really good question. People have been asking me this a little bit as well. Like, what if we went into this completely blind, right? Or what if I didn't have those groupings at all? I think like there are certain traits where we know prevalence is higher for a certain group than others. And so there are considerations, especially clinically to think about. Uh, sickle cell is, is one really good one where you know that this might be higher in one group than another. And so you really want to consider that proportion of it when going into thinking about treatment strategies for a given individual. But there, there are other traits where, yeah, maybe that's not good at all, right? Like maybe I really don't need to know that. Maybe just having zip code as a proxy for space is fine, right? Now there are, uh, there are security, genomic privacy <laughs> issues there, but, but you know, those kind of ideas of thinking about, um, you know, what if I didn't have that information, I just had something else. Is that, is that a much better indicator or even like predictor of understanding risk for disease or something like that than even under even knowing ancestry in the first place. I think those are questions that are still open and very much being explored. For example, Lauren says there's a study that used data from Finland to try to predict people's risk scores for certain traits or diseases. Lauren says even though Finland doesn't have a significant amount of genetic diversity, if you train your models on one side of the country and then try to predict on the other side of the country, that's just space you predict terribly. Like as you move across, your predictions get worse and worse and worse. That's a really cool study to kind of think about what do we really mean when we're trying to do these kind of groupings of individuals? Are there other things that we should think about? You know, certain groupings are probably more relevant for certain traits. And I think what we maybe should do a better job of or, or put more attention to is thinking about when certain groupings are relevant and when certain groupings are not, and really try to you know, have some kind of standardization uh, for that process. Lauren says scientists have a responsibility to think critically about these questions, but they can't do it alone. He says you have to collaborate across disciplines. This is something where you need to include people in sociology, people in anthropology to really think about, are my models learning what I think they should be learning, but also are they learning something relevant to biology? Being more inclusive in our collaborations in this space is, is definitely going to help push us forward. Well, thank you so much, Lauren Crawford. It's been so fun talking to you and, and learning more about your work in this field. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Lauren Crawford is an assistant professor of biostatistics at Brown University School of Public Health. He's also a senior researcher at Microsoft Research. You've been listening to Humans in Public Health, a special series for National Public Health Week. Humans in Public Health is brought to you by Brown University's School of Public Health. This episode was mixed by Carolyn Claflin. I'm Megan Hall. Thanks for joining us this week.